What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Copon. It's January 2, 2023, and this is Lift and Learn episode 109. In this episode, I'll talk about if you need to weigh and track your food. This is going to be important in the new year if you're looking to make body composition changes. And in the second topic, I'll talk about why building muscle isn't a scary thing. You're not going to get big and bulky if you do it for a few weeks. Give it some time. Give yourself time to adapt. A short lean bulk with some strength training is a great choice this year if you have yet to really give it a try. Before that though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon, and you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at liftandlearnpodcast, on Twitter, at liftandlearnpod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. One of the most important things to remember this year is that you have to learn to love the process. You've probably heard this before. This is especially true if your goal is to get fit this year. If your goal is to lose a few pounds, which is one of the most sought-after New Year's resolutions goals, this is one of those goals that people make every year, and after the first few weeks, it's all out the window. This is because of a few reasons, I believe, and one of the main ones is because people believe that losing whatever weight they want to lose will only take a few workouts or a few weeks. It may have took you several years to put on whatever body fat you have, but for some reason people believe it'll be gone with some quick fix they saw online or on TV, maybe only a few weeks of hard work and that's it. So first off, you need to keep your goals realistic. And realistically, 1-2 to two pounds per week of weight loss is a good pace for most people. If you're on the more obese side, then you should notice that if you do change your lifestyle a bit, add in some workouts, change up the diet a bit. The first few weeks, you might lose more than two pounds a week, but it'll eventually get to a point where you're uh, where you're losing one to two pounds per week. That's just the general rule there. So give yourself a reasonable amount of time to lose it, maybe 20 pounds. That could actually take you three to five months if you're doing it properly while learning new habits along the way. More importantly, you're going to be on the journey, this journey of weight loss, longer than you actually will be at your end goal. So that's why I say that you have to really learn to love the process. Take it day by day, one day at a time. Learn to enjoy and embrace the small wins that you get along the way. Losing 50 pounds isn't going to happen in the first few months of the year, especially if you want to lose it and keep it off forever. A lot of people lose weight all the time, but pretty much everyone also gains back all of that weight and actually adds more weight than their original starting weight. So when it comes to loving the process, this is a big lesson I've learned over the past few years, and I'm reading this book every day as a good reminder when it comes to all of this. I read one chapter every day of this book called uh, called Chop Wood, Carry Water. It's a super simple book, easy read, chapters are nice and short, and always have a valuable lesson in each of them, which I like, 
It's about a guy trying to become a samurai archer, and along the way he gets frustrated a lot, and that's because the results aren't coming fast enough. Then, the wise old sensei says to just trust the process, rushing the process like just shooting the bow and arrow, focusing on that, goal, uh, that end goal alone instead of chopping wood, carrying water, the process. That's actually going to make it harder for you to actually get to your goal. Strengthening the movement patterns you have uh, when it comes to shooting arrows, in this case, or when it comes to just getting better at doing your resistance training and strength training movements, Practicing always helps, and you'll get better regardless if the weight is going up or not, or if it feels like you're not making any progress. It may take a while to, le uh, to learn to love the process. Most people can't just instantly change their mentality like that. It'll take a while, but it's something to constantly remind yourself of going forward. Focus on doing your best each set of your workout, doing better than the last time you performed it. Not so much focusing on... Oh, I need to sweat and burn this many calories because I burned this many calories per day or I ate this many calories per day. So I need to get out there, sweat as much as I can until my fitness tracker says that I've burned 500 calories today. Just get those small wins. Again, don't get ahead of yourself. That doesn't mean that all of a sudden one day you're going to add a bunch of weight to your exercises, like a 50 pound squat increase in a month or something ridiculous, especially if you're not a beginner. Something I've learned over time is that even just a one pound increase in your lifts or exercises, just getting better and improving just one pound a week, that's not even a five pound increase a month. But if you look at the big picture, at the end of the year, you're looking at a 50 to 60 pound increase on some of your lifts for the year. I mean, I'd be super happy if I added 50 pounds to my bench this year, especially if I'm looking back at uh, this past year, I don't think I added any weight to my bench press, which is again is okay. So 50 pounds in a year, that would actually be an amazing uh, improvement. Imagine putting on an extra 50 pounds on your squat this year. I mean, all it really takes is a one pound increase per week. It seems like so little, but those small compounding increases, that adds up to huge benefits over the long haul. So think about what you want to improve in, let's say by the summertime, so about four to six months from now, what's something you want to do? Break that goal up into those smaller time frame windows, and then you just have to trust the plan you've laid out for yourself. This is a lot of what a personal trainer's job is. A client wants to lose a substantial amount of weight. It's good to give them realistic time frames, lay it all out for them, and maybe 50 to 60 pounds of weight loss won't even take a whole year but you could just say that anyway to be realistic. If it happens before the mark we were aiming for, then the client's blown away that it happened even faster than expected. It's all about underselling and over-delivering from a trainer's point of view. You would have been happy if it took a whole calendar year to get to your goal, but if it happens after nine or 10 months, you realize that it's not as hard as you made it seem. The trainer shows their value there. Some of the clients or some of your own past struggles we're just trying to rush the process. That could have caused you to push a bit too hard at some point, maybe getting injured along the way. You might lose the motivation at that point. This is why the discipline aspect is key if you have a good plan laid out. And don't compare yourself to others. That's also a huge factor in this. This is why I don't really like some of those challenges I see on Instagram to lose as much weight in whatever time frame to win some kind of money. That's great, but it's just like the biggest loser. 
I mean, pretty much all of those con uh, contestants gain all the weight back and then some after the cameras shut off. Yes, they learned the hard work aspect of it all, but didn't learn the life lessons along the way, how to make it sustainable for the rest of your life, not just for this little one to three month window and then you're back to square one once you get back to your regular lifestyle, which is eating the same foods and going back to the old lifestyle that got you where you were in the first place. A quote from this book I just read this morning as I continually try to drill all of this into my own head because we all get lost sometimes. Here it is. You keep getting in the way of your own potential because you keep seeing everything as a test. The secret is to understand that nothing is a test, but only an opportunity to learn and grow. Many people never for, uh, fulfill their potential because they look at every situation in life as a test. If you look at something as a test, then you will focus only on passing the test instead of maximizing your growth through the experience. Over time, the person who is simply focused on maximizing what they can learn and how they can grow will become much greater than the person who sees life as one continual test to prove themselves. I thought that was pretty powerful when I read that first thing this morning. That's why I've been reading this book for the past few months over and over again. It's a constant reminder to just simply trust the process and work hard on whatever I have planned for that day. Check out that book if you want. I think it's super valuable. So anyways, okay, so it's been two weeks since the last podcast episode, so I hope you had a Merry Christmas if you celebrate, Happy Holidays, hopefully you're starting the new year off on the right foot. I mean, you're listening to a fitness podcast right now, so hopefully I can help you along with your own journey. Before I dive into the topics of this week, or for this week, whatever, I'll just briefly talk about my past few weeks here. I hope it's been a good past few weeks for everyone. Maybe you got some good Christmas presents, but... Really, I hope you were able to spend some time with the family this past weekend or the past few weeks. It was pretty cool that Christmas perfectly landed on the weekend. Man, I love spending time with family. Had multiple parties to go to the past few weeks, and it really does just make me so happy seeing and interacting with everyone. Backtracking a bit, it's been a year now since my goal was to read five pages a day. That was a complete success in 2022, so I'm looking to carry that into the new year. Some of my family knows that now that I've just become a super nerd about all of this stuff. So I actually got three new books to read this year, along with Breath, which I'm still going through. I got Shoe Dog, which is a business book from the creator of Nike, I believe. So he talks about how that came into fruition. Haven't started that one yet. I also got Outliers. Thanks to my cousin. I got those two from her. She's awesome. Glad to have her back here. I've spent so much time at their house over the past few weeks. I also got the Resistance Training Revolution written by Sal over at Mind Pump, which is a podcast I've been listening to for like five or six years now. I also have a few books from last year I still haven't gotten around to, like one from Brene Brown, if that's how you pronounce it, and the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu book, which I've skimmed a little bit. Talking to some people at the gym recently, too, I've gotten some book recommendations also. And so in terms of reading, I think I have my fair share of books to read for the year. There's just so much to read, but I'll uh, chip away at the list slowly. Loving it, though. I got some more Viore gear, which is awesome. Some more Nike clothes, some socks, some Amazon gift cards, which, I mean, you can't go wrong getting that since it's basically money at this point. You can get everything on there. I got a super big 
two gallon water jug. I'm not sure if I'm going to lug that one around the gym, but I have that now along with a big Yeti thermos mug thing, which I've been using for my teas, just basic green teas right now, but I'll go back to my honey, lemon, uh, honey, lemon, ginger tea. When I remember to get all of the ingredients, that's like the ultimate immune system booster there. Love that one for the winters. I used the Yeti for the first time, like right on Boxing Day, actually. So I boiled some water, had some green tea. My first sip, yep, absolutely burned my tongue. <laughs> I didn't get proper feeling back in my tongue until like yesterday or something. So yeah, I burned my tongue, but I guess the damn thing works a lot better than what I was using for my tea before because I literally had to spit it out after I burned my tongue. I remember I, I was even in the gym parking lot when I did that, so... Just as advertised, I guess, with that. And since I've been spending so much time at my cousin's place, he was telling me briefly about his VR job, which is actually super interesting. And because of that, I broke my own VR genity over the Christmas break, running that Oculus Quest 1 or the MetaQuest, whatever it's called. It's actually pretty cool, pretty fun, even though we didn't have access to too many apps. The golf one is pretty cool. I don't think it'll translate to golf in real life but it was still fun one of the funnest aspects though i was playing this cornhole game seems stupid but it's actually pretty cool and just walking around seeing another person basically just do dumb shit is the real great feature of vr that that social aspect i think that's where it seems to shine we were like doing golf trick shots and it just looks hilarious on VR. It isn't super polished right now, but the future looks bright, especially with how my cousin's company is adopting this tech to make it super useful for certain op occupations. Truly a pioneer there. I'm really itching to get one, honestly, but I think I might just wait for the MetaQuest 3 whenever that comes out. I mean, we'll see if I have the money for that. Anyways, it's now 2023. I think it should be a memorable year, and I hope it will be for you too. If you want to have a good year, I think it's smart to at least write down some of your goals for the year if you haven't already. That could help, especially if you revisit them often. Again, though, don't make the step too far. Make your goals realistic. Remember that when you're climbing a mountain, it doesn't just happen all at once. It happens one small step at a time. Question one, do you really need to weigh and track your food? You know what? I'm actually a bit scared to just flat out answer this question without a bit of context first. So before I dive into my thought process here, I'll just quickly say that everyone should at least weigh their foods one time just to see what you're really eating in terms of your macronutrients. That's carbs, fats, and protein. So that intake there. There's been so many times over the years where I'll ask clients, new members in the gym who want to work with me so I get a little bit of background information on their lifestyle habits, exercise routines, stress or energy levels, quantity of sleep, how much daily caffeine or alcohol or smoking habits, and how many meals they have per day and generally what those meals look like. So when it comes to that last point there, people will tell me they eat high protein or they think they do until I get them to track and because they're choosing high-protein foods like eggs or chicken sometimes, then they think they're getting enough. In reality, eggs, even extra-large eggs, that'll get you like 7 grams of protein max. So if you have two, 
that's only 14 grams of protein for that meal. If that's the only source you have alongside some white bread or rice or whatever else you have. If you're shooting for 120 grams of protein, for example, which isn't that much, but is usually more than a typical modern diet that I've seen people eat. If you have three meals a day, averaging about 20 grams or less of protein, you're not maximizing how much muscle and gains you could potentially make. There's a lot to be desired there. Not even just in terms of muscle building, but if you're having 40 to 60 grams of protein per day on average, you'll find that those people have weaker bones. I mean, basically no muscle on them. Maybe their skin or hair just doesn't look the healthiest. Maybe they're low energy and don't know why. And if your protein isn't higher, it's easy, super easy to overeat foods in other categories, so higher in carbs and fats. So that balance of nutrients isn't optimal. So if you don't track your food or know what you're eating, yeah, you're eating high-protein foods maybe, but how much you're eating of that food is another important part that'll take your results above and beyond. That could be the difference between hitting 20 grams of protein per meal or 30 grams of protein or more per meal, uh, which is a huge difference in the long term. That could be, on average, a difference of 30 to 40 grams of protein per day. So multiply that by days in the year, you're looking at a massive difference, obviously. Now, do I think it's sustainable for you to weigh and track your food or every single meal? No, I don't think so. But if you're someone who's serious about building muscle, losing weight, changing your composition, then your nutrition needs to be on point to maximize those benefits to make sure your workout isn't going to waste. Okay, not exactly going to waste, but you're not maximizing the amount of results you'll see from the hard work that you're putting into the workouts. This is why, at least initially, tracking and weighing your food specifically can be important because it's more for education purposes more than anything. You don't know what you don't know. I do think it's too much to ask someone to weigh every single meal every day for the rest of their life. Trust me, once upon a time, I thought that was possible for myself. I did it for maybe three or four years straight with only a few days off. Nowadays, I don't weigh that crazily, but every once in a while, it's good to do it and just check and make sure your estimates are still pretty accurate. So after years of tracking my food, I can now kind of track my food without strictly logging it into an app, I guess what you would call eating intuitively. Here's the thing though, you can't just eat intuitively right off the bat, that's not possible. But if you've been doing it, tracking your food, weighing it out, if you've been doing that for a while, you'll realize the amount of calories that are in certain foods. One that opened my eyes specifically was when I started weighing out how much a banana was. The difference between 100 grams of banana and 150 grams of a banana are pretty large, actually. If you're just going into the app and logging small banana or a medium banana without weighing it, that could actually be way off from what you're actually eating. That's something you need to find out for yourself. That could be the difference of like 40 grams of carbs, and that's sugar. Fruit sugar isn't necessarily bad for you, but if you have certain body composition goals or macros to hit, then it's good to know exactly what you're intaking every day. So weighing it out in grams is probably best. Yes, it's a hassle at first, but it's better to just do it and find out as opposed to guessing your whole life than wondering why you're not leaning out, eating whatever you regularly eat because you're logging or tracking your food just so incorrectly by estimating the food sizes. 
So basically what I'm saying is you don't have to weigh out your food forever, but do it initially because it'll help you identify what foods you should be eating and in what quantity. It'll shock you how much uh, you can easily go over your calories or put yourself in a calorie surplus if you're just guessing how many calories is a scoop of that peanut butter you're putting in a protein shake or something. When I used uh, Nutella back in the day for my shakes, I found out that it's pretty easy to actually go over uh, one tablespoon of that. And if you're really putting in um, three tablespoons into your shake instead of what you think one tablespoon is, then that could be uh, 200 calories of a difference. Again, that adds up over time. In terms of your protein sources, same thing here. You might think you're having enough chicken and eggs and beef to fuel your workouts and build as much muscle as possible, but you need to eat around five or six eggs at once to have over 30 grams of protein in some cases. This is useful if you're having chicken or beef. You could realize that um, you're not eating as much protein as you think you are. It's good to weigh your food every once in a while to see if you're still hitting your adequate macros there. So do it for your gains. Try it just for a few days this week. Go back and analyze exactly what you ate and alter your food going forward if you need to. A good place to go from there in most cases, adding fruits and vegetables in your meals throughout the day, subbing some highly processed foods for better choices, substituting some carbs for more protein, Do that alongside a good workout and you'll have a good January and that should give you some momentum to make healthier choices in the future. Question two, why building muscle isn't scary? So when your goals are to get lean, if you want to maintain your lean figure forever, this is good to do. You need to actually build muscle. You need to do what you can to build muscle and here's a few reasons why. I mean, first off, you're free to eat foods without gaining weight, or you're more free to eat foods without gaining weight, or what you might think is bad weight or body fat. If you're adding a bit of weight on the scale and you're lifting weights properly, you're getting stronger. Then you're likely just putting on muscle. Add a bit more protein in your diet to supplement your workouts, and you'll be in a good spot to kick things off. This is because of the effects that building muscle putting muscle onto your body can do for you in the long run. It speeds up your metabolism. Now, yes, metabolism slows down as you age. I mean, it doesn't get super affected until like your 40s or 50s. Regardless, building muscle increases the amount of calories you're burning per day. I just talked about BMR, I think on the last episode, but this is why, again, you need to build muscle. It's not going to make you look like a man. It's really not something scary, but it'll actually sculpt your body if you're on a program that aligns with your own fitness or body goals. Putting on muscle can be beneficial on those days where you actually might miss workout days. If you're working out with the goal of putting on muscle, missing workout days is not that big of a deal. If you're lifting weights, you're not pressured to do cardio forever until the end of time to maintain your physique. If your workout is solely focused on the amount of cardio you're doing, then missing a few days during the week means that you're back into a calorie uh, surplus unless you alter your food intake accordingly. That's not the way you want to live. Building muscle is being strong, simple and put. How much muscle you build is going to be different from person to person. If you want to get rid of those little aches and pains you might feel in your back or your shoulder or your knee, that's usually a sign of weakness in the area or the surrounding areas. So building a strong body just leaves you more resilient to those pains. You just won't feel it anymore. Another benefit of building muscle. 
Never mind the immune system boosting effects that muscle will have on your body too. That's also another benefit that sometimes gets overlooked since we're always so focused on our physical appearance. That's what's happening inside of you. Now, toning your muscles, that's a myth. It just means that you want to get leaner. So building muscle helps with sculpting your body. I mentioned that already. It's usually not just being a smaller version of your current shape that you want to achieve. Most people want to alter their body composition also. So that means getting rid of body fat. That's visceral fat, which is dangerous fat around the organs internally. And subcutaneous fat, which is what people see around their waist and their stomach. People always struggle to lose that fat and keep it off in the long run. Again, building muscle will help with that. Increasing your resting metabolism, altering your body composition could mean trimming the fat around the midsection, maybe building up the booty or getting rid of that underarm fat. You're able to specifically target those areas more by lifting weights. Speaking to the females, I find they have problems with this mentality of lifting weights because they believe it'll make them big and bulky. They usually believe that lifting with weights for a bit will have them looking uh, looking like a man after just a few weeks of training or looking like a top female CrossFit athlete. Those ladies have pushed themselves to the limits for years and that's why they look like that. But the average person won't look or get even close to something like that. Just naturally, the females out there don't have enough testosterone to look like a male or to get those freaky muscles. I focus mainly on women because they're the ones who gravitate more toward doing only cardio exercises while the men are doing the lifting weights aspect. Doing cardio isn't going to get you to your goal. In the long run, it'll have you farther and farther from your goal actually because your metabolism adapts and slows down the more and more cardio you do. Therefore, to maintain your body or to lose weight, you're forced to do more and more cardio, but that's a battle you won't win because there just isn't enough time in the day. Again, rehashing what I said from last week, you want your body to do the work for you automatically. This is why building muscle can be such a great thing for everyone. Not to mention the fact that building muscle, lifting weights also makes your bones stronger as well. This is more and more important as we get older. That's a huge part when it comes to building muscle, resistance training. This is another one of those benefits that you can take with you through to the new year or I mean in this year, whatever. You're building denser and stronger bones because bones actually adapt as well. As you age, this will help. Strength training is going to help prevent osteopenia and osteoporosis. Again, slightly more common in females. An aspect that probably doesn't get brought up enough when we're talking about resistance training is the fact that it'll also help uh, regulate your hormones. This is another one I won't fully dive into today, but... Uh, But we already know lifting weights impacts your mood in a positive way. Same thing with hormones. Building muscles uh, helps you have the right and proper balance throughout your body. Even for females, testosterone plays an important role in the body when it comes to maintaining a healthy body weight, libido, sex drive, your energy levels. In males, low testosterone could mean general weakness, uh, higher risk of health risks like heart disease as well. So remember, going forward, that being healthy and having natural strength looks good. It's not bulky or unhealthy. This is why you need to start lifting weights to get to your goals in 2023. Start right now because the effects that resistance training has are just so valuable for all aspects of life. And that concludes episode 109 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, 
then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast.